Today on the Divi Crypto Podcast, I have a very special guest, Darren Franceschini. Hopefully I said that correctly because I know I hate when people butcher my name, <laughs> but uh, we're really excited to have the COO of BlockBank, which is kind of like a hybrid cryptocurrency and banking app. I'm really happy to have you on the show, Darren. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me here. Pleasure. Nice to meet you, Nick. Yeah, nice to meet you as well. So obviously, we'll talk a lot about BlockBank today. Um, I know that there's a lot of interesting stuff going on with you guys. But before we do, I'd like to get to know you a little bit better. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself and how you got involved in the cryptocurrency space? Sure. Um, in about 09, I had a buddy of mine who uh, was very high up in IBM. Uh, while I was in display media and he told me, uh, Hey, you got to download this. You got to download this program. You got to start mining Bitcoin. Uh, I kind of shrugged it off at the time. Cause it was, uh, I was doing quite well in what I was doing. And, uh, by 2011, when it started to see some traction, I, I contacted him again and said, Hey, uh, you know, uh, can you sh- give me a little bit more information as to uh, what this is and what's going on? And, uh, ever since that one conversation, I thank him still to this day. Uh, I've been full crypto and blockchain since then. Uh, I've gone through uh, ups and downs. I started my first crypto in uh, 2015, start of 2015, called Zeitcoin. Uh, did really well, then uh, handed it over to the community. Started to go into more of the consultation and uh, on sales and marketing and, and demographics and and, and uh, images for for coins, including uh, Brian Kelly from CNBC Fast Money. I was uh, pivotal in telling him to uh, put his face on Nautilus Coin back in the day, which uh, started a new trend in the industry of uh, not being a pseudo anonymous. Uh, after that, I consulted probably over fifty to one hundred coins in this space. Then started to go to more traditional markets. Consulted the bank, the five major banks here in Canada. Uh, consulted insurance companies, larger corporations, etc. In 2017, I decided to travel the globe. So I spoke at about 70 to 80 conferences globally on the education of blockchain and crypto. Um, consulted all throughout that time. Was working on block block bank on the back end. It used to be called Abe. Um, and in 2020, went full steam ahead on uh, BlockBank with my co-founders, Kelch and Anastasia, and uh, here we are today. That's awesome. Yeah, you've definitely had a, an impressive track record here in the space. Um, so it's really a, an honor and a pleasure to, to chat with you. Now, BlockBank, you know, um, your vision is to create this all-in-one crypto application that simplifies user experience. Now, you're you're site says, you know, you don't want to compromise any security, any of the privacy or the decentralization. What led you to creating a product like this? And by the way, it's it's a product that I adhere my philosophy to very strongly. Well, thank you. Um, it, it was kind of a culmination of the co-founders and, and where we saw ourselves. I'm, I'm consistently the degen in the group. So I wanted to make sure that security and the DeFi was, was very highly sought after. Anastasia is more in the compliance but also a very big crypto advocate. So she's more on the banking and, and the retail side Kelge and the CFI side. Kelge is um, more in tuned with the AI robo-advisory side. So it was just a good culmination of really passionate founders that put together this great concept that we saw was lacking in the space. 
So I like to say that uh, we're an app uh, that's built by crypto users for crypto users. You know, we, we saw a need that that all in one solution and uh, we're making it happen. And the greatest thing about it is we're hitting our roadmap. So uh, that's very exciting news. No, no hiccups as of yet. I'm knocking on wood as I say that. <laughs> yeah, that's very important in this space that on time delivery is uh, so often missed. Yeah. Um, you mentioned something interesting, though, which is the the AI powered feature set within this app. I'm, I'm pretty interested in AI outside of crypto. How are you integrating AI into your into your platform? Slowly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, you have to do it right from the beginning. Right. So we, we, we've culminated the right data sets to start. Uh, it's going to be informational resource tool to begin with. As we move further and further through different jurisdictional hurdles and regulatory hurdles, it's going to become more actionable. But uh, I, I really believe that, you know, people in this space like to see things fast, but when it comes to something that is going to guide them on their financial exposure, I think it needs to be done right. Uh, you know, we, we, we don't want to be the person who creates something that takes a tangent and starts to provide bad financial advice. So slowly is the best way to do it. Cool. And I guess like the outcome for the user is kind of like a, a virtual financial advisor. Is that kind of the, the goal, the vision you're going for? Yeah, absolutely. It'll be based on their experience in the industry, their risk profile, um, what what they're, what they're willing to do. It, because we're also putting the banking in there as well, it gives them the capacity to understand what their, you know, what their monthly expenses are, as well as what they can afford to invest when they need to pull out, what they need to participate in, et cetera. So it's not only just on the crypto side. If someone takes advantage fully of all the services inside, it can become a, a financial advisor for, for all aspects of their, uh, of their portfolio. That's pretty cool. And I think, you know, as we move into a more digital age, you know, more and more of these things will be digitized. And I know I hate paying a commission fee to a financial advisor as much as the next person, right? So that's pretty cool. <laughs> um, now I want to talk a little bit about your like personal crypto philosophy. Obviously you're building this hybridized ecosystem, but it's not just a Bitcoin wallet. You have multiple coins in here, right? Absolutely. Yeah. We, we're, we're uh, we like to say we're protocol agnostic uh, and that's the best approach that we've seen uh, partnering with large uh, entities in the space like uh, Digibyte as well as, um, USDC, Elron, and uh, we have a few more coming down the line. And the greatest part about that is we we are open to work with anyone, with any EVM, with any layer solution, and uh, we can consistently grow as the industry grows. We've made our application modular, so uh, we're not limited by the capabilities of the app we built from the start. We built the app with that in mind, knowing that it's going to evolve because the space evolves quickly. Yeah, that's that's for sure. And that's cool. I mean, obviously, you do you see somewhat of a multi-coin future or are you just supporting this stuff because, you know, there's a market for it? Oh, I absolutely see a multi-coin future. Um, I'm <laughs> as I said, I'm the resident DJ, but I've also been in the space for quite some time. Um, I understand that the um, the intervening of jurisdictional regulations, et cetera, um, are important for the for the average user. However, I do like to see the evolutionary progression of this space through a multi-coin approach and having different coins provide different services or utilities. And I hope that's the future, and I think it will be. I, I have to agree with you. I, I can't see 
I mean, you know, there's different thesis. Uh, there's a different thesis for each investment vehicle, right? And it, it's absurd to think that there would just be a singular investment in this space. One point um, to roll them up. <laughs> right, exactly. It just doesn't, it doesn't track. Yeah. Um, that's very cool. So uh, a little bit more about the wallet. Is it custodial, non-custodial? I know you said you have a focus on decentralization, but there's got to be some centralized aspect to it, right? So the greatest thing about what we've actually developed, and, and I can send you a, a beta test, which basically walks you through the journey in the application. So it, it'll give you some insight as to what we're doing. I love that. Yeah, yeah we have a custodial wallet, a non-custodial wallet in the same application. If you want to go to the custodied side, great. You're, you're fully custodied by us, insured through our through our, our third parties. Uh, you can do your staking, your lending, your trading, your, your purchase with fiat or exit to, to fiat and a non-custodial wallet in, in the same application. I, I don't understand why no one has done this yet. It's it's technically possible. Yeah, that's that's got to be a unique legal situation for you guys. How are you approaching that? So technically it's not. Effectively, the way that we have to do everything is they're all separate backends, separate entities, all operating through jurisdictional or regulatory requirements. But from a front-facing perspective, the user is using one application. So as long as it's technically done properly through our legal and compliance, uh, for a user experience, it's all it's all simultaneous and and just works. Beautiful thing, a beautiful yeah. beautiful thing. Now, you guys, uh, speaking of multi coin, you guys have your own coin, right? The B Bank token, yeah. is it? Yep. You tell me about that a little bit. What's the utility and kind of like how it how it's all working and come to be? Yeah, absolutely. So because we're because we have so many aspects in our application, we've utilized the token to be. Uh, rewarding our holders who participate, who stake, they'll get cashback rewards on their card. Uh, third parties that are coming into the application, there'll be incentives to provide our users that hold our coins with, with gifts, let's say. Um, we, we look from the robo-advisor perspective, um, you know, you can get the full package solution once, you're, once you hit a specific tier. Um, each individual progression of the tiered-based system when it comes to the utility of the token provides that next level of service. It, it's a communal way to show that if you believe in us and participate and 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 you know invest in us with you, we reward our users who who see progression and see see possibilities in the future with us. No, that's pretty cool. And it looks like from your website you can you can stake the B Bank token, is that right? Correct. Um, and I know that it's available on on both Sushi, or I'm sorry, Uniswap and PancakeSwap, but you have a kind of a, of a big listing that just uh, is coming down the pipe, or is it now? It, 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 we have already listed. Yeah, we listed on Gate.io. It was a, a very exciting move for us. You know, it, we, um, we, we were trying to move a little quicker when it came to the listing, but um, I don't know if many people know this. Uh, with, with what was happening in China, a lot of the exchanges were having a lot of issues, and uh, it took a little longer. But we got through everything, and we, we are listed there. We're, we're uh, B Bank BTC, B Bank ETH, and B Bank USDT. So we're very excited about uh, having the trifecta as well, right? So it gives the users the capability of uh, entering or exiting, uh, not just through ETH or USDT. They also have the BTC option. That's very nice. Yeah, having that uh, that capability is huge. Now, is it is it an ERC twenty, a BEP twenty, or are you crossing bridges? Oh, how does how does it work? So we launched on ERC twenty and 
that 20. Uh, we did um, an IDO through Ignition and an IDO through BSC pad. It was, uh, it was great. They worked uh, well together. It was well-timed. We didn't have any issues, which um, a few of our community members were concerned about, but it seemed to go off uh, without it, without a, a hook. It was great. That's awesome. Good to hear. And, uh, <laughs> and kind of rare in crypto when things just go right? off without a hitch. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, man. Now I know our listeners are big on, you know, active and passive income opportunities. We've talked a little bit about the staking, um, but there's actually other, other opportunities. It looks like within the B bank, or I'm sorry, the block bank wallet. Um, can you tell us a little bit about like lending, borrowing, stuff like that? Yeah, absolutely. So they can lend, borrow, stake, um, and and then we're going to be exploring some new opportunities like with Orion Finance, where um, you know you can do cross chain investment or sorry cross chain staking. Uh, we've partnered with uh, USDC to provide uh, a more structured, safe, and secure yet a lower yield, but uh, you know you, you effectively pay for safety when it comes to that. So uh, we are very excited about that as well because you know. It uh, it's only comparable with places like CoinBank or Crypto.com that got access to that. So um, it, it really validated us in the industry, I believe, not only to the team as well as to our community members. So, uh, but it's going to be an ever-evolving process with us. Uh, we we are consistently partnering with new opportunities. Uh, the individuals are going to have the capabilities of doing it through the DeFi side. I like to look at the app like this. I'm in a DGen in the DAP. Then I'm going to take my profits and put it into more conventional staking mechanics in the CFI side of the app. So that's what I'm most excited about. Yeah, that, that's a good strategy. And it looks like it looks like you can take your profits and even put them potentially in a in a debit card. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll we'll have uh, we'll have a full. Uh, it, it's a prepaid debit credit card. Um, okay. We're going to have that for Europe to start. Um, there's going to be other jurisdictions as well, but uh, I, I know Europe is solidified and uh, we're working with various partners globally, as well as through our own licensing licenses to uh, be able to provide it to as many users as possible. Uh, obviously everything's a slow progression when it comes to the fiat side of the world, because there's, you know, crossing your T's and dotting your I's. Yeah, of course. I, I know, I know that pain. Well, <laughs> trust yeah. me. Yeah. Um, so to go off book a little bit, um, there's a lot going on in crypto, especially this past week. Um, I want to take it back to two weeks ago, which feels like eons uh, to, to El Salvador. You know, they have launched this Chivo wallet um, down there in El Salvador. How do you, how do you, what's your take on this whole thing on the El Salvador launch and uh, and everything that's going on down there. So we have uh, we have one of our employees who was our CMO and moved over to head of El Salvador. Um, she lives there, and she's been seeing it from both perspectives. You see the uh, the hesitation from the uh, from the general population to not trust what the government is implementing. Yet the businesses are are, are openly accepting it and welcoming. Uh, up until the actual day it happened, though, if you spoke to anyone there everybody was concerned it wasn't going to. And uh, to tell you the truth, I'm, I'm just uh, very excited to see that they were able to execute on time and uh, listen with anything, with any new additional currency that is being added to any full country, there's going to be hiccups, but I think they've been uh, doing it quite well. And they've set a really good example for other uh, jurisdictions that would like to take this uh, next evolutionary step. 
yeah, I think, you know, all things considered, considering like the timeline that they had to execute in, right. <laughs> I'm pretty impressed. I'm not going to lie. And of course there's going to be, you want to onboard 4 million people or however many people are in that country all at once. I mean, any app is going to suffer from that. Right. Of course. Yeah. But it's also, it's also not just like, you don't have to use Chivo, right? Like block bank could be used down there. Right. It may. Yeah. Yeah. It's very cool. That's very cool. Um, yeah. Some, o- some other thing. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, some other stuff going on in the world. Well, in our country um, here in the United States, shifting regulations like toward a more hyper-regulated ecosystem, uh, especially when the, the crosshairs go over onto cryptocurrency. Um how do you see like all these new taxation rules and um, and regulations coming down from like we have the SEC here in America? How do you see the direction of these regulatory um, bodies going in the in the near future? I don't think they're going to slow down. Um, there, there's two sides of this. So there's one where it it completely makes me upset that this is the progression we've taken and this is the way it's going to end up. But on the other hand, um, they're being so aggressive in the U.S. because large institutions and, and, and large players in the industry want to come and participate in the crypto space. And they cannot utilize their clients' funds until there are clear and concise regulations in place to protect the consumer or protect the investor or protect the funds from the hedge fund or, or, or the large you know, uh, VC funds that are trying to come into the space. So. Regulations are uh, are needed to be able to see the the increase in value, but I'm uh, you can see I'm hesitant. Um, <laughs> I'm not a fan, but I understand the need. That's a better way to put it. Well, let's let's leave it at that. <laughs> we can leave it at that. Sure. <laughs> Great answer. No, it it makes a lot of sense. Um, it it is a tough it is a tough question to answer, and I'm sure they're having an even more difficult time answering it when they don't even know what they're answering. Um, yeah. But, Especially yeah. when we're trying to be a licensed and regulated institution. I, I tend to be the one that has to shut my mouth most of the time, but yeah, we have can great imagine. lawyers and, and, and our, our, our CFO has many years of capital markets and banking. So um, as long <laughs> ignorance is bliss, as long as I don't have to participate in what they're doing and know they're doing a good job. I'm happy. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, okay, so what have I missed about BlockBank? There's a lot, obviously, to cover as far as this application is concerned. It's pretty robust. I'm sure that I, I glazed over something. So if I missed something, let me know. I think you did a good general overview of what we are. Um, the nice thing about what we've done is, you know, we're we're consistently grabbing new licenses or getting new partners. So we're going to be expanding our offering, not only jurisdictionally, but uh, technologically. And I, and I don't want to give away too many secrets, but um, there's a lot of applications out there that are trying to be all in one by, you know, having uh, FX or, or traditional markets or crypto or or fiat, et cetera. Um, but they're already had they already had an established infrastructure that they're trying to hodgepodge these different types of offerings on top of. I think our catalyst and what puts us ahead of these types of people is we're building it from the ground up, understanding where our where our development is going and what our end goal is. And you know, we're putting everything in place from the start, the regulations, the license, the license partners, et cetera. So I think we're going to be a sleeping giant for quite some time. and uh, when everything comes out all at once, it's going to be uh, 
it's going to be a good celebratory day, not only for us as a team, but I'm sure for all of our community members who hold. Definitely. And it's available now on uh, the App Store and Google Play, right? So our, our current application is uh, non-custodial wallets. Uh, it provides a lot of services in there like um, Uniswap in-app, uh, exit to gift cards, the ability to purchase with fiat, well, through credit card. Um, the next V2 is coming out conservatively, I'll say at the end of October, um, and, and, and we can stay there. But uh, if I was a betting man, I would say that it would be coming out earlier than that. Um, that's going to have the the CFI side, the DeFi side, the banking, the cards, and the first iteration of the Robo Advisor. Oh, very cool. Well, we'll be looking out for that, and um, we'd love to have you back on for an update when that when that stuff's live um, and we can play with it a little bit more. In the meantime, how can our listeners join your community and get involved? Um, easiest way is to just come to our Telegram channel. It's uh, Block Bank Official. Um, they can take a look at, they can go on Twitter and interact with our guys there. Um, greatest thing is if they actually want to talk to the founders, I know it's pretty much unheard of, but Kelch, myself and Anastasia spend as much time as we can in there as well, answering the community's questions because we love to actually interact with them because we believe we're building it for them. So uh, if people want to come, come hang out with us on Telegram. Fantastic. And as you guys know, all of the information and links that we've discussed in this episode will be in the show notes on blog.deviproject.org. I have with me Darren Franceschini. Hopefully, again, I said his name correctly, the co-founder. Close enough, buddy. Close enough is good enough for me to be the co-founder and chief operating officer at BlockBank. Guys, check them out. It is on blockbank.ai. For now, I'm going to sign off. You know where to find us online, divvyproject.org, at Project across all social media. Thank you guys for listening, and I'll see you guys next time. 